Hello, good morning. Sorry for that little bit of a lag. I thought I'd do an introduction this morning and a welcome to everybody who's watching on the Alberston Baptist side on Facebook. Well, I thought I'd start today with a psalm. Psalm 9, I was reading last night in bed. It says in verse 1, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. The Lord is a refuge or shelter for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Reading through this in first one, I see it says, I will give thanks. I know this time this season can seem like it's lagging on and going for a long time, but I just think in here having a heart of Gratitude, a, heart, a grateful heart, helps us to get through these times, I think. Write down each day, maybe little things that you're grateful for. Lord, with all my heart, I tell you of your wonderful deeds and give thanks. Do you know, it's great to just lament before the Lord. Tell him how you feel. He is your great comforter, your great strength, and he is with you. So God bless. Have a great day. You're in our prayers. I'm just going to invite now, Louis. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello, that's a little different, wasn't it, than, than we uh, planned for. I think we're going to start the timer right now. We are going to start the timer because we've got some things happening later on. So a big welcome to each and every one of you. And I hope if you get to join us in, I just want to call it Louis's Lounge. I know it's a little selfish, isn't it? But Louis and Gabe's Lounge, <laughs> that will work. Uh, uh, that's always just a little bit of a fun and just a little bit of a, an icebreaker. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time today. Thank you that you are with us. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me. That each, of us, each one of us, Lord, would just better receive something dear in our, our hearts and lives that will allow us never to be the same again. And that is always your intention and purpose, that we go from glory to glory, from growth to growth, change to change. And so I thank you that you are with us at this time in this, this very different, unsettling, uh, strange uh, time and season. And for all those who are listening, Lord, and the UBC family and friends, Lord, we just pray your amazing grace over each, every one of, each and every one of us in your precious and holy name. And everyone said, Amen. I, I could hear you say Amen. I thought I, I thought I could hear someone just up the road there saying amen. Okay, well, we're talking and looking at the seven sayings of Jesus. And as I said earlier uh, in the, on the lounge, that, that this is a great insight into the revelation of who Jesus is. And so I want to just share as, as much as I can. To be honest with you, this is a four, six week, eight week just on this week. There is so much information here and we're doing it in just in a few moments. And that's the plan. So I'm hoping this doesn't end up like uh, scrambled eggs or anything like that, though we love scrambled eggs, uh, but not too scrambled, okay, if you get my uh, drift. So these seven profound statements that Jesus made of himself were, were creating a great connection between, in fact, the whole of the scriptures from Genesis and in the future to Revelation. So can I encourage you, this is going to be an amazing little journey together. In John's Gospel really understanding the reason Jesus, uh, John was writing of Jesus. He, he took a different approach. Synoptic Gospels, writers, which is Matthew, Mark and Luke, took on more of the detail. John 
uh, really wanted to focus on the Christ. And predominantly speaking to Jewish people, he wanted that message to resound, that none of them would miss this. And this is why he records uh, uh, more, more of the I Am sayings than any other book. That's why there's, there's uh, I think he records uh, more uh, appearances of Christ after the, the crucifixion than, than other records. So there's a real strong sense of John really focusing on who this Jesus is. And he, and he says this in John 20, 31. These words uh, were written so that you may believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, just a personal note, we will have the slides up after the message for you. So we're going to be looking at John chapter 8 today, if you're wondering. So Jesus, uh, John, sorry again, was uh, had the two questions that he wants us to wrestle with. Is one, who is Jesus and what do I do because of Jesus? What difference does that make to my life? And one of the key realities and glimpses of this right now is where Jesus says, I am. Those seven I am statements, there's actually more, but these are the primary foundational statements that Jesus makes of himself, okay? And I want to encourage you that they bring great revelation and insight into Jesus as God the Son, the Son of Man and as the Son of God. Truly amazing. You need a lot more time to to unpack that. And it's important what someone says about themselves. It gives us a really great indicator of what what they're about, what they're on, uh, what their mission is. And so we get to see this way. The great I am is is introduced to Moses in the burning bush. And this is where it starts to to unravel. But in in reality, it actually starts in Genesis. And so we're going to go there in just a few moments. Right through to, hello, glory, hallelujah, heaven. Oh, that beautiful heaven, that garden city, which is Eden, restored in a sense, it's going to be absolutely amazing. The city, Garden City it is, and it's going to be absolutely, truly amazing. And the link and parallels of this message of understanding Jesus is the light of the world. It's a, it's a gospel message. It's a, it's a salvation message. It's a, it's, a, it's a message of change and new life. And so we're going to look at that uh, a little bit. We need to be mindful that Jesus... I wasn't just trying to claim that he was similar to God or a helper of God of some sort or even some sort of divine great teacher. He was claiming to be God himself. To be equal with God is to claim that he was God himself. And so we learn a lot from those I am statements. So I am the light of the world. If you look in the dictionary, you will first find that one of the definitions for light is something that makes vision uh, possible. In other words, light makes us makes it able for us to see. Without light, we are hopelessly blind, blind to our surroundings, blind to our situations and our circumstances, blind even to ourselves. Very important point just there. Light makes it possible for us to see clearly things that are what they are. Very important. And Jesus was making a resounding echo of this absolute truth here that I am. We Last week we looked at I am the bread of life. Okay, Here's our substance. Here's our strength. Here's our security. Here's our song. And here's our, our salvation. I know I added a few extra in there, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, if you look back on that. And so if you were to ask anybody, 
what are maybe two words would best describe this battle sometimes that we all feel or you know whether it be corporation or business or individuals by way of this this battle what would be the best words to describe it and most people will say the battle of lightness light and darkness how many movies and stories and uh, and children's stories even are created based on this premise and so I want to encourage you that light is a very big revealer of who Jesus is. This is one of the most significant aspects of where Jesus is revealing himself in this situation. So we're going to look at John chapter 8. Let's do that right now. John chapter 8 verse 12 says, And when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's a snapshot right there. That's a great scripture just to encourage yourself in, in, the, in this season even. That I am the light of the world, says Jesus. What does he say? Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness. I think we could spend a lot of time on that. But again, what we want to get through this morning, uh, I would say go back and do a, a study on that. And I would encourage you to look at what that, uh, how deep that goes. So friends, we know that Jesus is the light of the world. He says that I am the light of the world. And he says that firstly, those who follow me hello, are able to have this light, to know this light. In John chapter 9, verse 4, As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming. Listen, there's a sense of reference of when night is coming, no one can work. We can't do things, certain things we can do in the day, we can't, cannot do at night, truly. Uh, no one can work. Verse 5 says uh, of John chapter 9, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. There's a truth there, not only is he in the world, but when Jesus is with us and we are in with him, there's a sense of light emanating from who we are because of him. Because Jesus is the light, we discover some important truths today. God is the author of life. That's the first place we go in Genesis chapter 1. The slides will be up, but as I said, Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, what did God say? I can hear you saying it. Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Thank you. I heard a couple of people just, my spidey senses, you know. Um, and he separated the light from darkness. Our foundation of reference to light, I've got these two laughing at me, to light uh, with God as creator. What a great introduction. As soon as we begin to see God working and we get a sense of who this Yahweh God is, this creator, this awesome being, this personal being, we discover that he He's working with light. He's the author of light, the substance of light. Light emanates out of his very being. And this is a very interesting point. I know for time I'd like to share, I will, just really quickly. Eden, Adam and Eve, before they sinned, their bodies had a glory on them, a light that was around about them. You do all the research, the commentators, everything. When I'm looking at this presence thing, God met with Adam and Eve where he just walked in the garden. There's a sense where Adam didn't even sleep. There's a sense the only time he, his first sleep was when he was put to sleep and then God made woman. Woman came out of Adam. Anyway, that's another story. 
but how's this that there was a light emanating around them, a glory and a light that shone on them. And they realised when they sinned that that had gone and they realised their nakedness. Not only were their minds open, but there was a different glory. There was a different, different light emanating from them. It was lost, in fact. And Romans 3 and 6, 3.23 and 6.23 talk about that the wage of sin is death. Okay, but the gift of God is eternal life. But all have sinned and fall short of what? The glory of God. The glory that we lost. In Eden. Anyway, that's a side issue. I'm getting distracted, distract myself. I've got just a few moments to share. So we see that this theme of light, God is light, uh, and the presence emanating with his, his interactions and his, his traveling and journey and presence with Israel is just, it's just ongoing continually. We see that when we looked last week at the showbread, we had the most holy place, this tabernacle or tents of meeting, and then the temples that were built later on had a holy place, a most holy place, most holy place, let's start with that, a holy place, and then the outer court. In this holy place where the priest would go into. And once a year they go into the holy of holies. But listen, listen to this. We talked about the table of showbread. Okay, we talked about Jesus being the presence of God in this room. But what's really interesting, there was a lampstand, wasn't there? Hey, a lampstand. Uh, it had leaves and it looked like a tree. Remember the seven branches coming off? Again, it's a reference to Garden of Eden. We won't go there right now for time. Okay, great study. And also a reference to Revelation and the new restored Eden in that sense. Again, we will just, uh, I'm just throwing these things out because I'm pretty excited about it, as you can tell. Uh, it's amazing just making these, these connections. The lampstand had pure oil in it made by the priests and the lampstands were to keep burning day and night continually. And uh, there's a lot of references to that. Remember, Eli's sons were meant to do that as well. And there was some other stuff that they were doing that they obviously shouldn't be. So as the light of the world, Jesus gives glory to God. And he reveals this glory of God on and in of himself. We see this at the trans, uh, transfiguration uh, in Matthew 17, 12. And you can look at that later. Do you know that the absence of sunlight, okay, speaking of light, can cause blindness? This is what I discovered. Animals who live out their lives in complete absence of light are commonly blind, even eyeless. Mules kept in mines also become blind. Horses kept in dark stables and denied sunlight become blind. Those who live in dungeons, salons, prisons, mines and similar places that are denied long periods of sunlight can actually lose their sight. Oh, there's a, another narrative we could just go on there right now, mega narrative in fact, when we talk about lightness and darkness and when we become children of the light, we'd be able to see, but when you're in darkness, you never see. In fact, while you're in darkness, the longer you're in it, the less you're able to see. Only a miracle of God will change that. Okay, here we go. Number one. Now, I've got three points and two sub, sub points in each one, okay? So point one, A and B. Point two, A and B. And point three, A and B. I'm going to go through this fairly quickly. Okay, hold on. Hold on to your, your seat. Hold on to your horses. John 12 46, Jesus said this, I've come into the world as the light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. I've come into the world as the light so that no one who believes in me 
should stay in darkness. Hallelujah. I was dark. I was in the darkness. I know what that dark place is before I was a Christian, my goodness. Uh, and just fumbling away, trying to fumble my way through life. And then the light shone. The light shone when I accepted and, and repented and humbled myself to receive Jesus as Lord. So that leads us to the first point. Jesus is the true light who sets us free. It brings freedom. And who knows, even before the revelation of Jesus, how many, uh, most of the world was spiritually blind. And there's still, of course, that, but they're, they're unable to see spiritually. Here's a thought, a, a sub-point A. Because Jesus is the true light, he removes darkness. Glory to God. He removes darkness. John 12, 35 says, He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. But we should know where we're going now because we have the light and God wants us to share that light and to set people free from darkness. Hallelujah. In Romans 1.21, For even though they knew God, they did not honour him as God or give thanks, but became futile in their speculations or thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's what happens when we don't expose ourselves to the light of Jesus Christ, the light of the gospel, the light of the ministry of the Godhead working in our hearts and lives. Uh, there are so many metaphors for darkness and light, uh, evil and good, and we would uh, continue to look at that. Uh, B, because Jesus is the light, light reveals spiritual warfare. This is the reality. I never had a problem. I never had an issue with, with, with evil or demonic forces or anything like that until I became a Christian. Now, some of you are going to struggle with what I'm saying here because that's maybe not been your experience, but I can only speak from, from my, my story, my perspective, my point of view, but I had no issue as far as I know. Now, maybe I was blind to some of those things and unaware, but when I became a Christian, some things, and I've shared this before, some things started to to, to shake and move around the place a bit and uh, freak me out as a new believer. What was happening? I was now engaged in spiritual warfare. Right now as believers, we, you, I, we are in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. Right now, friends, you better believe it. In Acts 26, uh, 18, and it talks about the message of Jesus and, and, and it's being shared to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God. This is what happens when the light is exposed in order they may receive forgiveness of their sins in the context of receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. True spiritual life can only be found in Jesus Christ and no other. And he will take you out of the darkness and put us into the light. Sometimes we have situations in our lives as Christians that are dark, not great times, but we need to invite Jesus into those times so his light can shine on those moments. And friends, you watch it lift, you watch it change, you watch it shift. It will do that. We need to understand when we talk about forgiveness as we just read in Acts 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 2, 11, lest Satan should get advantage of us for we're not ignorant of his, of his schemes or his devices, speaking in the context of brotherly love and forgiveness. This is powerful. This is really interesting. We could go there, but I haven't got time. Because I'd like to go there. Can Christians be walking in darkness and be saved? There's, there's you know, constant darkness. I believe you can, to be honest with you. I believe that even though Jesus sets you free, it's up to you and I how much freedom we want to live in. 
It's how much freedom we want to actually embrace. And I believe that with all my heart. And so a lot of what happens in my life is dependent on how close I want to be with my Saviour, how close I want to walk. You know the songs, you know the hymns. Number two, point two, Jesus is the light who provides a pathway of eternal life and life forevermore. Because Jesus is the true life, we receive life. Jesus is the Son of God. And this is what he said, so profound, so life-giving. In Matthew 4.16, we read of this coming fulfillment of Jesus. And then in Isaiah 9.2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Speaking of redemption, speaking of, of life forever, evermore, being proclaimed, prophesied, declared. In John 1.4, in him was life and the life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in darkness and the darkness has not comprehended or overcome it. That's why we're overcomers. I can declare I'm, over, I'm an overcomer. May not sometimes feel like it, but I'm an overcomer because of Jesus. Jesus says, I am an overcomer. Jesus says, You're, you are an overcomer, friends. So you are an overcomer. Hallelujah. There's another thought here too as well. No, no, just, is Jesus the light that provides eternal life? And you see this from Genesis right through the journey of the Israelites hey, with the burning bush and the pillar of fire by night. God just lighting the way, showing them that I am the light of the world in the lampstand, in the temple, just teaching and re-illustrating every day then not to go out because I'm an eternal light. I'm your light, your presence, your light giver. I make the way. Oh, there's so much in there. I'm just, I'm just loving it. I'm, I'm excited anyway, one person. How good is that? Uh, I, know, I know you're with me. I know. You'll be shouting out hallelujah and, and amen. Because Jesus is the light, he provides understanding. This is really big for believers in the context of fellowship and family. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and as I said, these slides will go up. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world, the God of this world, not Jesus, not Jehovah God, like Yahweh God, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. What a tremendous reality that we have, but also a responsibility. We have this amazing light that is revealed to us as we humble ourselves and we give and offer our lives and surrender our lives to Jesus. Something phenomenal happens in that journey, in that transaction. It's amazing. He's the light of the world. It goes on a little bit later in a different translation. That was the ESV. In the NIV, it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has made light shine in our hearts. Look at that. To give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. We are light bearers. We are carriers and custodians of light. Not darkness, nothing else. Light. Light. How will the world know where to go? What is right? What is wrong? Unless the light is evident. Unless we light up the path. Hallelujah. We have two lights on the side of the house and you can't see anything in that pathway unless those lights turn on. It is pitch black. When those lights are on, you won't stumble, friend. You won't fall into the fence 
or onto the heat pump or anything like that. Psalm 119 and 130 says, The unfolding of your word gives light. So when we read the word, light emanates. We learn, we discover, we grow, we lean in. This is exciting. It gives understanding to the sim. Hallelujah. That's, that, that verse is for me. Okay, let's keep going. Daniel 2.22 says, He reveals deeply the things of God. The hidden things, sorry. He knows what is in the dark and light lives with him. Great promise for each one of us. So we understand that because Jesus is the light, he gives us, unravels us with understanding, supernatural understanding and wisdom. Number three, point three. Jesus is the light that restores. Uh, I've been involved in different aspects of, of, of prayer ministry and uh, and even I've even seen uh, some great, intense prayer ministry moments. And this is why. Because when light comes near darkness, there is a confrontation. That's what we said in the first point. It sets us free. There is a confrontation right there. Some of you may be aware of it or not. There may be just a transaction and you didn't even know anything happened. For others, depending on what they've been involved in, what they got involved with in their lives, there, there is a real tug of war. There's a real battle that just wrestles and goes on in this. Instantly we receive it, but we have to work it through. In 8.12, it says this, Therefore Jesus spoke that I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, who that is him or her that follows me, shall not walk in darkness. So how do we do that? In the light, we have to follow him. We have to follow him, friends, because Jesus is the true light and he restores um, I've preached on this, I've been there, where when we're dealing with people who are really trapped by a lot of things going on in their lives, the greatest thing we have to bring before them is the light of the Word, the light of revelation, the light of the living Word, Jesus Christ, into that situation. And people can get set free like that. The light exposes the darkness. Who knows that? The light exposes the darkness. You can't have lightness and darkness. That's either dawn and dusk in that sense of those transitions. It doesn't work. Permanently light, dark. Jesus restores by removing stains and he purifies us. Did you know that light is so powerful that it removes stains but also purifies? In 1877, it was discovered that sunlight kills bacteria. We're talking about coronavirus. The same when it's warmer weather and you're outside in the warmer weather, the, this thing doesn't this thing has a shorter life, shelf life. But in the cold, it, it thrives. There's a, there's a whole reality to anyway that. And then we realised that before we had our modern germ killers, the only way to purify a thing was to hang it out in the sunlight. Can you believe that? I see the time, Gabe. It's all good. I got that. I'm just watching the time, ready for communion soon. We're getting ready. Here we go. Ultraviolet light. Did you know that light, uh, in, a, in a single beam of light, in a very high uh, orchestrated way, it's not the right word, but very high precise way, can cut through steel. Did you know that light is used for surgery and operations and stopping blood flows? Did you know that? This is light, ultraviolet light that has been, been captured. Did you know that a lot of the planes that they're doing now and, and uh, other areas that they're cleaning, there's a lot of planes flying, are cleaned by, cleansed by these ultraviolet light machines that go up and down the planes. This is amazing. So I think that's just something that's just beeping here. Thank you very much, Gabe. That's just beeping. So anyway, uh, 
Let's have a look at this. In 1 John 1, 6, it says this. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and, uh, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is truly amazing, friends. This is absolutely brilliant. This is where cleansing and healing comes into play. Usually happens at the same time, but if there's been stuff that we're holding on to, we don't know we're holding on to, when we give our life to Jesus, there's some battles. But even when we're walking as believers, it's really easy to pick up stuff. And one of the things we read earlier is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will cause us to walk back into darkness. Okay, there's a ticking noise. Is there someone saying there's a ticking? I'm, I'm thinking it might be the this this thing here. Sorry about that, folks, if there's a ticking noise. It's not my heart pacemaker. Um, I've got the volume of that on low. Okay, here we go. Jesus also is the true light who brings joy. Hallelujah. We could spend a lot of time on that. With joy, we experience as believers that like nothing else on earth. Psalm 97, 11. Light shines on the righteous and joy on the upright in heart. Proverbs 15, 30. Light is a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart and good news and health to those who hear it, or to our bones. John 15, 11 says this, These things I've spoken to you, says Jesus, the light of the world, so that you may have, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. This is the light of Jesus. It's amazing. Remember the announcement, pronouncement of the angel to Mary, who's going to become the mother. He says, don't be afraid. I have good news for you. Joyful news, celebrational news, and it's for everyone. Salvation is good news. Jesus is the light of the world. It is good news. If you want to be set free, hallelujah. If you want to receive and live and know eternal life, life now and forevermore. If you want to live whole and restored, these are the things that you do. Hallelujah. We get to realize Jesus is the light of the world. So be encouraged. He sets you free. He removes darkness, but he reveals the battle. That's number one. Number two, he brings life and eternal life, as I said. True life and the understanding of opening our spiritual eyes to see eternal life as a reality. And he also brings this light that restores. One that it cleanses us and purifies us. And there's so much on that we have skimmed over. But it also brings joy, friends. I don't know about you, but what does that look like? Do you remember the song, I've got a joy down deep in my heart? I said this, I wanted to make sure I included this because all of you are going to be singing it today. You're going to say, that Louis, that Louis, I have a joy, joy, joy down where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. Where? I have this joy, joy, joy down, down in my heart. Down in my heart. To this day, don't give up your day job, Louis. Um, but this is it. We've got a joy. Hallelujah, because Jesus is the light of the world. His light is living in us. Our eyes are open. Our minds are open. We are saved, set free, restored, cleansed. Oh, it's such good news. This is why Jesus said, you need to know I am the light of the world. Guess what? Our light will be in heaven, in our garden city. Hey, It will be Jesus himself, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. That light will emanate for them. There will be no darkness. They will be our eternal light forever. Lighting the way. How amazing is that? You can have a look at that in Revelation 21. And there's some other thoughts there as well. We are called to be light bearers. 
We're a city on a hill. So God bless you. Let me pray with you. I know there's a lot in there. I'd like to spend one week, I reckon, just on each one of them. But let's just, uh, let's just take it all in. Let's just feel like we've had our feast and go from there. Let's watch the time. We're going to go now. God bless you. Remember for communion is about to uh, start very shortly. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time today. Thank you, Jesus. You are the light way. Oh, you are the way, the truth and the life. But you are the light and you bring light and you shed light into our hearts. And I tell you, when we get that light, it, it changes. Oh, we are bearers of light. People see there's something different because we are carriers of light. Your light emanating, changing us, changing others. And so, Father, I pray that you continue to work in our hearts at this time uh, for those who are battling and struggling and just feeling the, 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 the pull of this isolation, this toughness. I pray for them, Lord. I pray that this will be over quickly, Lord, and you will in the right space. Space, excuse me. Uh, just, just open what needs to be open, and uh, we can enter into greater and deeper fellowship. So, thank you, Father, for all those who tuned in this morning. And uh, I know I've been a little faster today. I've been talking a little quicker today. Um, there's a lot there, and I'm really excited. When I get excited, that's what happens, and I, and it's just hard to control. But I just love you guys, and I love the Word, and I love Jesus, and I just pray, Lord, that you would do your have your way today in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, just remember, uh, there's going to be a, a post after this where we go on to, it's just our private page for those who are wondering, and that's the UBC family only page, and we're going to have a time of communion, and there's a little surprise at the end. Well, I hope. If the technology works, great. If it doesn't, just watch the post. We'll update it if we have to. Okay, God bless everyone. Love your heaps. Stay, stay in contact, stay connected, said Gabe. Absolutely. Thanks, Gabe. Bless you all.